0: Welcome to the Swipe Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with one of our new guest hosts, uh, Aditi Dasgupta, who comes to us from, from a background with customer experience and uh, public administration, uh, HR training, project coordination, and a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get a little bit to, of her background. And first of all, let's let's start off with what are you up to these days? So what are you doing now, Aditi?
1: Hey, um, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so like jumping right into it. Um, Right now, my role is customer experience and operations manager, and I'm working at a startup that's like a sustainable beauty company, mm-hmm. um, and it's very different from what I've done in the past.
0: Okay, sounds good. So we'll probably get... An- and dig deep into that past a little bit. So if we kind of rewind, rewind the, the clock, uh, what were you like as a kid? So, so uh, little Edithi uh, running around, uh, what was she like, uh, like, and, and what were her kind of ambitions and aspirations? So, so any early childhood memories as a kid?
1: That's a really fun question, actually. Um, I think I was very curious as a child. Okay. I really wanted to know how things worked. I had a lot of questions. I'm pretty sure my parents were pretty annoyed by my like <laughs> volume questions um i really enjoyed building things okay. learning how things worked and, and building things and sometimes taking things apart um <laughs> be that toys um or, or something else um that that's really what i enjoyed as a child i think i um was also kind of adventurous hmm. uh, i was willing to try different things um i wasn't afraid of um, you know, getting hurt or or looking a little silly. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, so is that kind of like a a stereotypical a kind of tomboy where you're just rough and tumble, climbing trees and scraping knees and things like that, or is, is it like a different much. version of that? Okay. Very much. And then how does that translate into like a, a degree in economics because generally curiosity pulling things apart that sounds more like engineer <laughs> than, than kind of on the business side so so how did you go from kind of that that very curious kid uh, building and taking apart toys uh, to kind of a, a path uh, into into economics.
1: That That's, again, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I also wanted to learn how the world worked
0: <laughs> okay. uh, at
1: some point got really interested in in business um, and governments and, and economics in general. And that's kind of how that funneled. But I would say like, so in, in my old levels, I think I had the like a really strange combination of, of courses and subjects that I was doing. Like I had arts and then I had like, economics and then I also had physics and maths and chemistry so basically I I covered all my bases because I was like I don't know where I really want to go so let me just learn everything Um, and then kind of still funnel that down during my levels into like math and economics because in my mind like if you know math you can still go into like engineering or you know the avenues open to you are a lot broader um, and then sometimes during my air levels, I just fell in love with economics um, and, and and basically like mathematical modeling and in research. Um, and I thought that that's, that's where I wanted to go. And so took economics in my undergrad and then obviously because I can't decide on anything, kind of took a lot of sociology and anthropology courses. Okay. So yeah.
0: So, so in that, uh, I guess it's a high school experience where you kind of fell in love with economics. So w- what was that like? Is, was there like a particular course that you took or just like a book that you read or something like, like how do you know it's like, oh, this is it for me?
1: Oh, well, I think it was um, the Freakonomics books. Okay. They they're really good. He, um, he would just explain like phenomena and, and in, the, in the real world playing out in, in terms of economics. and. That just really interested
0: me. Right. So that's uh, Freakonomics by Stephen Dubner and Stephen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a very interesting book. And, and I could see why it would turn you on to, to economics. Uh, so, so, so you're kind of firm in that path. Uh, and then you, you enroll in an undergrad. And then you still decide to take all these other things, like the sociology and things like that. W- what was kind of the decision process around that? Is that, again, to keep your options open? Or like, what was the thought process there?
1: I think... And this kind of also goes back to how we were raised as, as children, we were always, always encouraged to um, you know, pursue our curiosity, see where it goes. And so I think I never got that kind of like Asian parent talk from my parents going like, you need to be a doctor, engineer, or you can get a appointment. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Never quite got that, which was really, really good. I'm so grateful for that. Um, so whatever we were interested in, you know, my dad himself was like a huge, like he could read books, couple books in a day. He, that's how fast you'd go through them. So he'd just always go like, yeah, take the course, do this, do that. Um, so when I took like a first like SOC courses, you know how you have to take like minor courses. I took one, found it really interesting and then just kind of continue doing more of those. Mm. Um, it was really more from like, I want to, I'm interested in this and I'm curious. And, um, you know, I wrote some papers that, that got a bit of attention and I just followed that path for as long as I wanted to.
0: So, so it sounds like you, Explored your curiosity and your interest in, in undergrad and, and had some of this sociology uh, courses and things like that, and then uh, you did, did you have a sense of what you wanted to do after after graduation or, and was the process to, to land a job after graduation because. You ultimately went back into into grad school right was that always like a, the plan or was that just something after the fact.
1: yeah I, I would say. Uh, even now, i'm I'm not someone who has like very strict plans, so <laughs> I didn't have that as, as kind of a planned thing. But one of the reasons why I, I went down like sociology and anthropology path is also because as a child, I was very interested in just like seeing a just world, I think. Okay. Um, my my father worked uh, in the development sector. Um, and and this is, you have to understand this is Bangladesh back in. The seventies to the nineties, when you know poverty rate was through the roof, um, you know healthcare was terrible, um, and and we got exposed to a lot of inequality and and um, just like human suffering, I would mm-hmm. say, and that was also always something that I I would probably want to see like a better place in the world for, mm-hmm. um. So kind of knew that probably economics, I want to do economics, but probably move towards, like, development economics. Mm. Um, that's why, like, the SOC and Anthro courses still, I, I would say, like, made me understand the world a little bit better, that everything is not um, black and white. It, just just think of, think about, like, how in, in Asia we think of gender and sexuality. Um, those are not things I would have understood if I didn't take those courses. Mm. So I, I would say that they really helped me develop a better understanding of the world um and, and power structures and capitalism and all of those things okay. um, so yeah i think actually my first job out of university well not exactly out of university while i was still in university was in the development sector um, was with doing research on like um you know underprivileged children and um developing programs that can give them a better life. So that's how I started.
0: Sounds good. And then you had a, a, a year-long stint in, in recruitment. How, how does that transition happen? Because that seems a little bit out of place.
1: <laughs> that is very out of place, actually. Um, uh, so when I was in university, I got approached by a professor whose friend works at this like really big like one of the biggest um, TV channels, like news channels in Asia, Um, and he's like, do you wanna give voiceovers for the English news? And I'm like, are they gonna pay me? And he was like, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, yeah, sure, that sounds easy. I just have to read off a piece of paper. (laughs) Um, So that's how I got introduced to independent television. Um, This, I was just like kind of doing this on the side while I was still in university. Um, and then around the time that I was getting done, um, the, I kind of like had a chance encounter with the HR head. He talked to me and he's like, I want you to develop a couple of training programs. Um, and it was supposed to be a short stint, um, but it turned out to be like a full fledged HR role once the HR person left. Hmm. I kind of like was kind of helping them out. And then he's like, why don't you just take this job? <laughs> And, you know, I, I'm never someone who says no to things. I'm like, hmm, corporate could be interesting. Let me see. Cool. And it turned out to be a one-year student.
0: Awesome. So after that, you, you decide to transition into a grad program? Or, like, how, how did that transition happen? <sighs> uh,
1: I would say the transition kind of happened because of the state of affairs in Bangladesh. Mm. Um, I am a religious minority um, in Bangladesh, and there was just like instances where we didn't really feel very safe. Mm. So at a certain point, it's just like, I really needed to probably move out of there to, to, you know, get a better life, secure life. So that was one of the things that was like always at the back of our minds, Um, but the other thing is like, I was interested in economics. And then at some point I thought, you know, working in the development sector, working at corporate, I'm like, this is not how I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change the world if I go into government. <laughs> um, so public administration looked really interesting. Um, and I applied and I got like a master scholarship. And I'm like, okay, this is what it is. Nice.
0: And, and then how was the master's experience? Because uh, you, you ended up getting a scholarship in... Uh, in Saskatchewan and how was that that uh, master's experience there
1: it was probably one of the most fun times of my life <laughs> i'd say um because the program really allows you to like kind of curate a program of your own hmm. uh, you can again kind of follow your curiosity which was what, what attracted me to this particular program you can um even like build your own course with, with the help of a professor, you can also build your own course, which is something that I actually ended up doing. Um, I, I ended up fun, getting funneled down to innovation policy um, okay. and then kind of built my own course. Um, and you know, I've had great fun, but I think the most important thing, and this is kind of like, if you will, a tip for everybody listening is um, talk to people is like be interested, talk to people, um, take the work even if you don't quite feel like you're ready for it right then. Mm. I remember like I used to read up all the research papers that like professors that I admired had put out and I would go talk to them, like discuss it with them. And they'd go like, hey, you know, if you're interested, I had this little project going on. Why don't you work on it? Mm. Obviously, that takes care of your financial issues (laughs) like it was very good for me um but it exposed me to so much um and i learned so so much like i even now like when i compare my like research skills like my um say tab on, on Tableau or or other platforms, mm-hmm. da- um data manipulation platforms, my skills are far better than people who took just courses mm-hmm. because I applied them.
0: For sure. I think that's a great tip for, for everybody in school where like classes are great and you learn a lot of things, but oftentimes the education and learning happens outside of the classroom where it's uh going on your own like reading papers talking to professors industry folks and networking events and things like that can be a great source of of opportunity as well so 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 you you chartered your own course in a master's program and then ultimately you ended up right in public administration well it doesn't seem like that from your linkedin so what was that transition like
1: (laughs) that's not exactly what happened um and this is again to the point of talk to people Mm. um, and and figure out that, (laughs) I think, once you will never know what something is like until you actually do it. Mm -hmm. In my head, I'd imagined life in public service as a certain, like, to play out a certain way. But when I got into research, A, I was really liking research, because I got a research associate job like right after. The day I presented my thesis, my professor was like, hey, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, look look for a job. And he's like, yeah, why don't you just start working with me? And I was like, okay, <laughs> that works. Um, but really just when I, I was really liking research, but I wanted to know how, what my time would be like in public service. Um, and then I kind of reached out to, a bunch of people on LinkedIn, um, all in all in like junior level roles. Because as as an as an undergrad, sorry, just like finishing my master's, I know that I would only be applying for junior level roles or internship roles. And I kind of talked to them about their experience um, and what they do on a day to day basis. Like that was very important to me. Like, what do you do? How? Does it make you feel fulfilled? Do you end up actually using the skills that you thought you'd use? Um, And what I heard didn't really make me want to go into public services at a junior Uh, level. Interesting. Um, The other thing is um, I just felt like as a woman of color, my experience might be slightly different the opportunities I I am presented with might be slightly different. So I was like, maybe this is not the right time. I'm still interested, but this going into a junior role Mm -hmm. might not do it for me. Mm -hmm. So I kind of backed off, but I still was hoping to work at either like a research firm or with a company that works closely with any level of government, be that municipal, provincial or federal. And that's when I kind of chanced upon this role like research money, Um, which was again, like not something that I had done in the past. It was more of like a customer experience manager, Um, but their clientele is 100% government. Mm. And I was just like, this is perfect. I will get to talk to a lot of people. They do a lot of conferences um, and I would just learn a lot. So what I thought would be a small stint, (laughs) short stint, turned out to be like a four-year stint. Um, But yeah, um, again, if if there's something to take away from that, I would say um, don't rely on your imagination to figure out what a role is going to be like. Actually talk to people who do that.
0: Sounds good. What I took from that is a lot of people, when they network, they're only connecting with like the HR people or their like potential future bosses, but talking to the people who actually have the job that you want and, and, and understanding like, well, what do you do? And, and, uh, if it resonates with you, awesome, keep going. And if it doesn't, which it sounds like it was your case, <laughs> then maybe you, 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 look into other avenues, but trying to find what was the core of the things that you, you like. So, so you want to work with the government and, and it can often be applied in, in, in many different ways. So, um. How was the, the the family situation in this whole endeavor? like were your parents pretty supportive along the lines? It sounded like that that your your dad was pretty um, like nurturing in terms of like, yeah, go learn everything. but like when you kind of switch into different areas, is, were there any like restrictions involved or, or or was it pretty pretty much open?
1: No, there's never any restrictions for us. Um, we were me and my sister were incredibly lucky that our parents have been our biggest support, no matter what we've wanted to do. Um, and, you know, as, as a South Asian woman, I think a lot of people don't get that. A lot of women don't get that. Mm-hmm. There was just, we were actually, actually yesterday, we were talking about this with a bunch of friends that so many of our, our friends, people who graduated with us, moved into women who graduated with us, moved into roles that are considered respectable for women. Mm-hmm right? Like into teaching. Teaching is, is, is very respectable. Um, and, and it's like probably like 50% of people who graduated with, women who graduated with us. Um, we never have that. Um, like I, I worked at a like media company for, for a year, independent television. Um, and media isn't considered a, a quote unquote respectable profession to go into for women. Um, but, you know, it it was we never got any backlash from our parents yes from society for sure (laughs) (laughs) but our parents at home we had our pillars
0: sounds sounds good so it sounds like that there were some societal pressures but with the support of uh mom and dad and the family then you were able to kind of over overcome those and and uh, Mm -hmm. take a few risks along the way and and kind of explore different opportunities and then ultimately Mm -hmm. find uh something that that well would you say that you're passionate about what you're doing right now? Or is there there a passion brewing and growing or or what is that situation?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is what I, I I've really thought about like the idea of passion recently. And I am going to say like, I, I have a very strong stance of how we preach passion to young people. But mm-hmm. Like you will find a job that's going to give you fulfillment in life. And it's going to be something that, you know, you wanted to do as a child, you know, you came out of your mother's womb and that's, that's all you wanted to do. <laughs> okay. And I just find that so hilarious because that's not how passion plays out. Mm-hmm. At least in my life, that's absolutely not how passion played out. Um, I have like, an affinity for something I have an affinity for for justice and and for for seeing a just world and and I've gone to different places looking for that mm-hmm. um and it's funny when I took this role in Everest there's just one thing that I kept on thinking about one experience and I was like the universe hands you things in in the strangest of ways mm-hmm. um, back in Bangladesh this is probably in around 2012 to 2013. um, This is when I was working in the development sector. I got into a project for um, kind of like street children who work at, I wouldn't even call it a factory. Um, And we kind of went to visit the place and essentially the factory is a hole in the ground with a massive fire and children as young as four or five are um, throwing plastic bottles into that. And now, if you remember a couple of years ago, Canada got this like really bad PR because Canada was shipping its recyclables to countries such as Bangladesh, India, Vietnam and Philippines. Mm. And that's what what that's what I saw in there. Um, and I remember looking at these bottles and thinking, this, this stuff is not available in Bangladesh, this is this is not from Bangladesh, this is coming from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stayed with me. I, I don't think that I can ever get that image or that smell out of my brain. Um, but Everest is a sustainable beauty brand and all of our packaging is recyclable. Like aluminium is completely recyclable, like it, it can be recycled like as many times as you want. and I just kept thinking that if I can address that problem, like a tiny bit of that problem, if one less child is forced, forced into that hellhole because of what I'm doing, then I'm thinking, then I think I've done a good job.
0: Sounds good. So, so your appetite for uh, finding just causes can uh, manifest itself in very different ways where you don't have to be like a civil servant or or someone out there. You could be helping like companies doing good things from sustainability or whatever. And that has downstream impacts for a a bunch of folks that would have otherwise been taken advantage at even as young as four or five or whatever it is. So, so that. That's awesome. So it sounds like a, you're, you're in a pretty good place, do, doing things that are meaningful mm-hmm. to you. And if you were to to go back and give uh, young Aditi some swipe, the stuff I wish I knew earlier, I don't know if it'd be in in elementary or high school or university or or whatever. But what are some of the swipes that you give yourself in your younger years?
1: I would encourage. I mean, I, I've said this so many times. It's probably sounding like a fishy at this point, but you know, I young Aditi always followed her curiosity and but there were there were times when when she didn't um I just probably encouraged her to to keep doing that because that has served me more than anything else in life what I want to say is you know I picked up like a bunch of different things in terms if you like from language learning to like physics to um I don't know HR nothing you do is wasted if you're learning and they will all come back to help you at some point in your life they will all make you a more well-rounded person um and and no experience is is little that i would say is the biggest thing the other thing is um take risks you know i've taken one of the i would say like things that really shaped my career is, um, when I was working at Research Money, when our COO left, I asked my boss if I could try on the role for like two months. Um, And if I didn't work, you know, he could definitely find a replacement, but um, I just want to try it out for a bit. Um, And that role stuck. Um, That if it didn't work out, I think it would have been hard for me to swallow. But I took that risk anyways. Mm-hmm. So I think just just taking risks, um, being confident in your decisions, knowing that you know y- you are willing to figure things out and you'll make something work. I think those are those are the advice that I'll give myself.
0: Sounds good. What I took from that, and they almost go hand in hand, where, where you start if you start taking risks. Um, I mean, obviously, if it works out, then you have a ton of learning that uh, you're available to kind of use and leverage in the, in the future. And but the other thing is, if it doesn't work out, you still have a ton of learning <laughs> that you could use. So regardless, uh, what you said about nothing you do is, is wasted uh, when you're learning. So when you follow your your curiosity and kind of put yourself out there and take risks, I think all of that is, is great uh, Great advice. And sometimes easier said than done, but uh, obviously you can look towards other people that have done it before and, and maybe get some inspiration from folks in order to to chart your own path. So uh, that, that's awesome. So So what can folks look forward to see from you in, in the upcoming uh, years or months or, or even longer, that sort of thing. Um, and, and where can folks uh, reach out if they want to connect with you?
1: Yeah, um, I think what I, you'd probably see me working, you know, building a startup, which is, which is what I'm doing in this current role. And probably that, that's something that I really enjoy working at like a smaller place where I can dip my toes into a lot of different areas. Um, I'll probably just continue doing that. Um, and yeah, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, it's my name's Aditi Das Gupta. That's A D I T Y, Das space Gupta.
0: And we'll let those in the show notes for sure. But, uh, thanks so much Aditi for joining us in the conversation and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode where we might dig deeper into something like maybe your, your perspective as, as a woman of color, or maybe some of the, the passion or taking risks, uh, uh, swipe that you gave yourself as well. So thanks for joining us and, uh, hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was so good. Take care. Take care. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Swike, Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at lukidanu.com. L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U and the same on most social media platforms and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.